Hi, it's Ali Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. Again, this is one of the ISCT talks, the role of mobile computing and CT scanning from bedside to the beach, and someone made up that very fancy title for me. And I've given talks before on the iPad and that the whole role of mobile computing, but I thought since I had to give this talk and... Uh, it was quoted at great extent, almost verbatim, and in many I thought I'd give it so you can hear it in its entirety. And uh, the iPad's been around for a little more than three years, and again, in three years, it's changed everything in terms of computing, whether it's the movement from uh, classic computers to more mobile devices, or the whole area of mobile computing. And if you look at the iPad, one of the big success stories, of course, is the App Store, which is what really drives the iPad in many ways, besides its hardware technology. And if you look at medicine, there's thousands of applications. If you look into radiology, there are applications galore growing what seems to be by the day. If you look at the applications, there are a range of different things. A lot of the journals are in there, be it radiology and AJR, be it the ACR. So there's a lot of classic simply taking the classic journals and putting them online. There are then other applications that are educational in nature. So a lot of them focus on anatomy. Many people have repackaged material they had before for the web. You also see applications including some of our own. You can see on this slide the, the CTSS quiz, for example. And you also can see Singo uh, Web Viewer. And you'll notice that there are many applications that also apply to the use of the iPad as a mobile device for imaging. And that's really what I'm going to focus on. But it's well worthwhile to look yourself at the many different applications on the iPad. Many of them are for free. I know that uh, we have uh, four apps on the Apple Store that are for free for the iPad and a couple more in development. But there are many things you can look at. Now, in addition to that, the impact of the iPad can be shown by looking at PubMed. If you do a search, I did this in June, PubMed, looking at the iPad in medicine, there are actually 55 citations. If you get a little bit more specific and you do the iPad and radiology PubMed search, you end up with 22 apps. And you can see some of them ranging from the radiology toolbox to assessment of uh, incentive versus survey length trade-offs and web surveys of radiologists to our, our article uh, on the iPad using the uh, app we have for looking at contrast. So there are many things you can look at. And if you even get more focused than you do the iPad and CT, you actually have seven citations. And I'll review some of them, and I think four of them are probably ours. And our most recent, again, is this use of contrast media in CT and how this iPad application really is very useful for technologists, nurses, and radiologists. The whole area of mobile computing is something that really is in everyone's radar. If you look at RSNA News, here was an article they published August 2012. That's less than a year ago. Mobile apps gain new ground in radiology. That cover article, which shows very nicely the quality you can get with the right apps, was actually a study we did uh, with a, uh, a uh, ring analysis of the aortic arch. But again, very important. And just recently in June, another article, Smartphone Apps Successful in uh, Telestroke Evaluation. So you can see there's lots of interest in, and impact in how this will change radiology. We know the importance of the FDA in applications. The, the FDA decides what does or does not get approved for use, particularly if you want to do things not so much from an educational perspective or not so much from simply viewing, but if you want to do something for interpreting, the FDA is critical. 
FDA's concerns, many of them are very legitimate, like they want to make certain radiologists read in the right setting. Now, the fact is, we all know, even with view boxes in the old days or computers these days, you can't have the lights on too much. You've got to be in the right setting. That's very critical. And of course, mobile devices, their concern was the word mobile. Perhaps you'd be looking at things outside in direct sunlight, by the pool. But again, they do have uh, and requiring different techniques for making certain that's not the case. Now, there are many applications in the App Store that look at this mobile computing for looking at images. And here's a list of just six of them. And the one I'm going to discuss is Single Web Viewer that we've helped develop, but also uh, that's the one that we use. You can try it yourself. There's a download on the App Store, and you, it's for free. You can actually then look at 50 or 100 cases and do all the 2Ds and 3Ds yourself and get a good feel. And if you're outside the U.S., you can get even a better version, version 2, which is approved worldwide but not quite approved in the U.S. yet. Then you can see PET-CT and MR and CT and many, many different improvements. So when you look at the iPad, it's a very high-quality technology. 2048 by 1536 resolution means it's better than most monitors people look at at their office and surely better than what they look at at home. Uh, the way we use it is we do the processing not on the iPad, but with this a box between our PAC system and the iPad. We use this platform with NVIDIA GPUs. And again, this allows us to have very, very fast imaging and very, very high quality imaging. There's no down sampling. We're getting high performance of 10 to 15 frames per second. We do not uh, look at anything but 512 by 512 data. We're able with reasonable connectivity to get 1,000 512 by 512 images in under five seconds loaded. So again, very, very fast. Also, the system is very nice. It's customizable, so you can see the screens here. When you first get into the program, you can choose the modalities you want, how you want to look at the modalities, whether you want to look at things with coronals or sagittals in the beginning, what is it you want, what thickness. So you really can customize. Remember, I've always said that customizing becomes very critical to radiology. You really need to be able to make things work the way you want to, and that indeed becomes very, very critical. When you get into the system, you could then search by patient's history number, name, or look at all the studies you've done today. And then you could look at things, whether it's in 3D or 2D, whether it's NPR, coronal sagittal, whatever you want. Also, it's a mobile device, so you can see at the bottom there's a number of buttons, and those buttons allow you to do everything from cut planes to uh, doing uh, interactivity. Again, if you're going to use this device in the medical setting, it's not only radiologists, but non-radiologists using it. And so it needs to be very, very intuitive. You can't have training sessions. You can't have large manuals. It needs to follow the Apple which is make it simple, make it obvious, easy to use. And the new version, you can see coronal, sagittals, axials are there. You simply touch which one you want to see. And whether it's portrait mode or not, you can look at all of the information. You could do real-time 3D imaging, and the quality is outstanding. Here's a duplicated collecting system with an obstructing stone in the left ureter. And whether you look at it in MIP or volume rendering, you can see the quality. And you see the quality looking at this case of Foucault-Nodge hyperplasia, very vascular lesion. You can see very nicely the feeding vessel. And a key thing with mobile devices, 
and the FDA is not looking at this part, is you want the accuracy to be the same as a workstation. You don't want to look at something and find out it wasn't very accurate, that you need to change your diagnosis. So the quality, whether it's coronals or MIPS or additional MIP imaging with this feeding vessel into the center of the fulconage hyperplasia needs to be exact. You can look at large data sets, 2,000 slices, so you can see runoff studies, whether it's with the bone or without the bone, whether it's single energy or dual energy, very nicely shown. Now you can ask, well, what has the literature showed about tablet devices? Here was an article, Emergency CT Brain Interpretation on a Tablet. They found that the, uh, here's a quote from McLaughlin, there was satisfactory identification of acute findings on emergency CT brain exams, and overall the tablet display potentially represents a device which may make remote interpretation of imaging studies more feasible. And that indeed is very critical. They also make the point that you can get an iPad, but it's the software that really makes the difference. We believe that further software development allowing improved access to clinical request information and prior exams could increase the potential of these devices. And we anticipate that with further development, tablet technology will assume a major role in provision of expert radiologic opinion to remote sites in the acute setting. So you can see, indeed, it's very exciting. Look at that quote. Tablet technology will assume a major role. That indeed is something we believe in as well. When I mentioned the term accuracy, an article from Pam Johnson at Hopkins looked at PE studies on classic workstations and on the iPad, and the accuracy was identical. CT interpretation on an iPad enabled accurate identification of PEs equivalent to display on the PAC system. The mobile device has the potential to expand the radiologist's availability and expedite emergency patient management. So again, accuracy does not suffer, and in many ways it potentially might be better. This article by uh, Yoshimura most recently talked about looking at cerebral infarction, and they noticed some differences between monitors and the iPad. And, their and in that article, the iPad did not work quite as well as the monitors, but the authors do admit, that even though they said the iPad cannot substitute for other LCD devices, However, they talked about the promising potentials, and one of the things that's most important to recognize from this article, the authors used an iPad 1 and not the iPad 3 or the Retina display. And there were subtle differences, but those differences surely would have been overcome if you had the better display. So again, um, one criticism I always have for, for articles sometimes is you don't want to write an article in 2013 running on 2010 technology. 2013 articles should reflect 2013 technology. But the authors were very good in making that point. When you think about use cases for mobile imaging, it's not just radiology. Of course, in radiology, it's this anywhere, anywhere, all the time. For surgeons, it's a different model. Again, this remote access is critical. This availability anywhere, anytime is critical in making their lives easier, but also they can use it as a way of showing the patients exactly what is going on. In genetics, we find that the counselors use it to review the studies with the patients. In pediatrics, the same thing with the patients. Remote access indeed becomes very critical. 
Now, as a radiologist, and since I'm speaking to mainly radiologists, I will say that really it's a teleradiology system. It's the best teleradiology system you can get. You can do everything interactively and very quickly. It's a remote viewing station. It's a consultation device, whether you want to help colleagues or you're referring physicians. It's a portable post-processing device. I showed you we can do real-time 3D imaging. It's not just looking at static images when you have the right software. Are there limitations? Well, you need network connectivity. You need to have some way of connecting to the network. Now, you can do this um, at Starbucks, McDonald's, or any other place that has network connectivity these days. Or you can use AT&T or Verizon and then just connect up that way. So again, that's not a problem much anymore. I think one of the issues is if it's going to be a critical workstation, perhaps you want to have more tools. We don't have virtual colonoscopy. There's no curve plane or reconstruction, but that's doable. People worry about HIPAA and security, but these devices have incredible security. Also, the images are not stored in the device, so if stolen, there's the data is not transferred with them. And I think as you go forward, Apple will have new devices that have fingerprint technology, so that indeed will be better. Now, sometimes people will worry about this unlimited access to information. Is it a challenge to radiology? Well, that's a story that's long ago past. Not only do referring clinicians have access to your data, but so do your patients. So again, you want to be the master of your domain. You want to be the expert. Controlling the information is no longer an option. It's out of your control. Now, the other downside may be a very practical one. Do you want to be available 24-7, 365? People call me up all the time. I can't say, um, I don't have a workstation. Uh, I'm sitting on the, in my car. Uh, I'm at the mall. Uh, whatever. They know you have it. Even if you lie, they know you're lying because you have it on your iPhone and your iPad. And you're talking on your iPhone, so they know you have the information. There's no escaping. Now, will the iPad replace traditional workstations? At this point, I don't see myself reading 50 cases on an iPad. Also, the lack of uh, ability just because of the screen size to look at comparison films could be a challenge. Will it provide all of the apps on a standard workstation? You know, that's just a matter of doing it. We can do PET-CT now better than most PET-CT workstations, changing a lot of the parameters. You can look at MR. You can do real-time ultrasound. You could do angiography. And if you look about it and you think about it, the future directions are indeed very, very strong. You're going to see cloud integration. Siri is going to get better. So perhaps you can say to Siri, Siri, please rotate the images to the left. Zoom up, zoom right. Give me the MIP. Give me the volume rendering. More interaction with referring physicians in real-time consultation through Skype might be a thought. Now, Apple... Uh, is the leader in the, this tablet technology, but as you know, Samsung and Microsoft are coming on strong. The good thing about that is it's only gonna help us because with competition, everybody indeed plays better. Now with the FDA, I mentioned before, some of the questions the FDA has, and this was just published the day before I gave the talk, here it is June 13th, the FDA, FDA is worried about cybersecurity for medical devices and hospital networks. It's something to worry about. This is a crazy world. We saw the guy stole all the information. What if someone wants to screw around with your hospital information systems? What if they change the lab values? What if somebody was malicious? Those are things we all worry about. And there are companies that are working very diligently on making sure our data security is indeed enabled. But it's something the FDA is going to take a stronger look at, and that's what they've said in their memo. 
Now, going back to the initial title, the iPad at the beach or the pool, this was an ad. I did a few scenes I cropped from an ad for uh, the Kindle. They show a very nice pool and a guy reading his iPad. Unfortunately, he's not reading an x-ray, but basically what he's doing is looking at his own face, and then he asks this pretty girl next to him, next to him, who, what she's doing, and she says she's reading a Kindle. There's no problem reading a Kindle in the sunlight. So here's my recommendation. One, if you want to read by the pool, get a Kindle. Or put a towel over your head and then look at the iPad. If you want to read a study, do not buy a Kindle, buy an iPad. Do not read the iPad by the pool looking at a CT of the abdomen, brain, or spine. Go inside, get a nice cool cold drink, sit down, relax, and read your study. And with that, see you later.